Exacto. Ladies and gentlemen, we Tonight, we are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling. And this is the main event of the evening. Please welcome your host for today. Jason is here. Dude, I, I swear to God, I'm not as big an asshole as it sounds like. And Troy is here. Hey. I call them like I see them, all right? Look at it this way. It's the first thing we've done together as a team. I grab my dick, you grab your dick, you work my arm, I work your arm. Same time. Same time. It's like jerking off together, but not gay. We're not touching dicks. Each other's dicks, anyway. I'm touching my own dick. You're working it, and I'm loving it. Well, enough is enough, and it's time for... The Rundown. It's Jason. I'm Troy. It's the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. Let's do this shit. Jason, how you fucking doing today, buddy? Oh, I'm doing okay, and uh, I got something very exciting for the fans at home, because Troy and I were talking before the show. Troy is going to give us a detailed recap of Impact Wrestling's Bound for Glory pay-per-view event this past weekend. Hey, that sounds great. Let me just bring up the Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Impact wait, wait, Wrestling. You didn't, take, you didn't watch it and take notes? Bound so for your... Glory. I thought that's what uh, you were doing. You were taking notes. All right, I got it. 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 Got it. All right. Oh, you found your notes. Okay. Got it. I found. I found my notes. Yes, right. they were. They were missing. All right. Uh, kicking off the show, a six-way match for the Impact X Division Championship saw Trevor Lee defeat Desmond Xavier, Garza Jr., Matt Seidel, Petey Williams, because apparently he's still alive, and Sanjay Dutt. And what were your thoughts on the match, Troy? Uh, I didn't know who any of these people were. Okay. Uh, then in a singles match, to, uh, oh geez, Taiji Ishimori defeated Tyson Ducks. Uh, uh, of course, also, from the Cruiserweight Classic, everyone remember Tyson Dukes. Now I I do remember Tyson Tyson Ducks Dukes, Dukes? I believe Dukes Dukes. Sorry. Uh oh, this is interesting. A monster's ball match took place between Abyss and Grado, and if Grado would have lost, because this is how things work in the U.S., his work visa would have been terminated, and he must leave the United States. And of course, Abyss Matt wound up beating Grado, so Grado was heading back to Japan. Uh, sure, England, Japan. England, I believe. England. Okay, so uh, so Grado's heading back to Japan. Abyss victorious in the monster's ball match, a match that he created. And how was it? Was it what was the, what were the big spots? Because those matches always have big spots in them. Uh, I'm pretty sure Abyss hit a black hole slam for the win. Uh, in a six-man tag team match, Team Impact, because this is Survivor Series, Ethan Carter the Third, Eddie Edwards. Oh, and I watched the pre the previews the previous weeks on TV, and it was Team GFW. What happened? Oh yeah, you didn't know this, but uh, uh, GFW actually uh, no longer part of Impact. They, they but they just, they just rebranded like two weeks, two months ago, like a month ago or something. They, new belts and everything. Yeah, see that their business plan is to keep people guessing. Ah. So, so yeah, so Team Impact, uh, formerly known as Team GFW, formerly known as Team TNA, formerly known as Team NWA TNA, formerly known as NWA, uh, defeated the Team AAA, uh, which was comprised of El Hero. Del Fantasma, which of course is El the Hijo, son of El Hijo de Fantasma. Whatever. 
uh, which of course <laughs> means the son of Phantasma, uh, Pagano and Texano, uh, which is where I used Te- to get my Tejano. gas. Tejano. Uh, so yeah, um, that, that's Texaco, by the way. That's where you get the gas. It's oh, oh, different, geez. different place. Completely, completely uh, uh, apologize for that. Yeah. Uh, Team Impact, uh, one of those, or at least two of these people will probably not be on the roster in a couple of weeks, but uh, they they were able to bring it home for their brand, whatever that may actually be this week. Well, it's good. Uh, it, right now it's Impact with a question mark at the end. That's... Okay, all right. Yeah, I still I still refer to them as TBA Wrestling. <laughs> uh, and the Impact World Tag Team Championship was on the line in a fifty-one fifty street fight. I don't know what that is, but um, the the Ohio versus everything team of Dave Christ and Jay Christ, uh, two guys who I, I, I follow on the Indies, defeated the uh, Latin American Exchange LAX, and, and neither of these guys are LAX. Um, <laughs> Ortiz and Santana. Yes, I was pretty sure this was Homicide and Hernandez, but appara- apparently yes. Conan apparently Conan believes that uh, all. Spanish people look alike. So he, yes, so the team of Ortiz and Santana lost to the Chris Brothers, uh, and the Chris Brothers retained their titles. Uh, there was a three way match for the Impact Knockouts Championship, uh, whereas Sienna lost her championship to Gail Kim in a match that also featured Allie. And I'm going to assume that since Allie's gimmick is that she's an incredibly good wrestler who can't wrestle, she probably took the pinfall in this one. And Gail Kim retired with the title, so. Oh. Okay, I, I didn't have that in my notes, so yep. I must have, I must have been cleaning up after myself after that. Um, so, uh, in a six sides of steel tag team match, because that's a thing. Uh, Lashley and King Mo with American Top Team and Dan Lambert, whoever those people are, defeated Moose and Stephen Bonner. Isn't okay. Did they did they get a Bellator thing again? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, Dan Lambert Lambert runs American Top Team, which is one of the bigger MMA training facilities. And um, you didn't watch it. I thought you watched the show. Oh, I totally did. I totally did. did. Didn't they do a video package before the match? Yes, yes. Uh, They talked about the fact that this worked so well the last time that they did a Bellator tie-in, they decided to do it again and double down by having a Six Sides of Steel tag team match. Actually, I will say this. Leading into this, Dan Lambert has been on TV. This guy has been a wrestling fan his entire life, but he's not a performer. He got on there and cut better promos than half of the Impact roster could. I guarantee you that. Well, that's not surprising, but of course, half of the Impact roster will be out of a job in a week. Uh, And then the main event... Stay tuned to the news section, though. (laughs) Yeah, uh... (laughs) The main event in a almost 20-minute match, Eli Drake, with a guy named Chris Adonis, uh, defeated Johnny Analog Chris to retain. Oh, oh, that is Chris Masters. Okay, yeah. okay. Uh, but they defeated Johnny Analog to retain his <laughs> Impact Global Championship. Wait, hold on a second here. Wait, where's their? Where's their main championship? Was that not on the line? No, that is their main championship. No, their main championship was the Impact Championship. Global Championship was the the like fighting one, wasn't it? No, no, that was the Grand Championship. Oh, Grand Championship. Okay, well, where's that one? That that was EC3 has that, and he was representing Team Impact. Oh, well, because because there's like a bunch of like MMA fighters on this thing. Yeah, but they decided not. Okay. 
All right. And and none of the AAA guys the, they weren't they weren't like MMA fighters either, right? Nope. Not that I know. <laughs> you watched it. You should you should know. That's right. That's right. That's right. So all in all, a, a decent show. But you didn't even comment on Alberto Del Rio's return. Oh yes, of course. Um. Uh. Well, he didn't return. Uh. Because that person is in WWE and doesn't exist anymore. Uh, but uh, Alberto El Patron right. came out and attacked Eli Drake and Chris Masters. Uh, in an attempt to help Johnny Impact. That's his name, by the way. There's a question mark after his name, too, because he's not sure. Because last week he was Johnny GFW. This week, Johnny Impact. Next week, Johnny Analog. But pretty much Johnny whatever promotion he's in. Right, right, which is exactly why, you know, he was uh, Johnny Dragongate a couple weeks ago. So, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, a, a decent card. Um, it was a it was a really good setup for out oh, their next pay per view is actually listed as TBA so uh, I guess it wasn't <laughs> set up for anything. Um, but uh, really cool to have a pay per view in the Aberdeen Pavilion in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Uh, always always a good thing to get our brothers in the north involved and have absolutely zero Canadian wrestlers win anything on their their card. So, and it was also a nice payday for the fans. Yes, of course, of course. Um, because as we, as, as we may have noted before, uh, impact pays people to come and sit in their audience. But, uh, some of the other, other reviews of, of course, me saying that the show was good. Uh, Mike McMahon of pro wrestling torch noted that this was really bad. Three out of 10 at most. (laughs) There wasn't any matches that stood out as great. And at the same time, a lot of it felt flat. The booking on the show was below average at best. Hey, there was nothing flat about that women's match. That is true. That is true. But that's probably because there's a lot of silicone involved in that, other than Sienna, because she's all natural and A-plus in my book. But McMahon also noted that it was inc- absolutely inexcusable to make El Patron the focal point of the company, given his long history of screwing up. Um, and Adam Martin of WrestleView wrote that Bond for Glory disappoints in Ottawa, and that the pacing of the show was really bad. So, um, uh, Larry Koska of 411 Mania rated the show as bad, saying it was a 3 out of 10. And he wrote that although he wanted the show to be great, there was highly questionable booking, some bad wrestling, and mostly flat action for, with a crowd that died as the night went on. Um, he also would say that uh, nothing was special, nothing was memorable. In a good way, this show failed its fans. But because that they were paid fans, I think as long as the check's clear, they weren't failing their fans at all. Which, with impact, is always questionable. Right, right. Um, and, of course, Jason Powell of ProWrestling.net described Bound for Glory as a poor show with few redeeming qualities. The new creative regime made a lousy first impression and of the main event called it a Bush League TNA finish with a chair shot to the head in 2017. I guess I've heard that that happened. <laughs> you didn't see it? Uh, yes, of course I did. Yes, uh, I, was t- I was speaking to the crowd. Huh. Um, <laughs> Mike Johnson, the PW Insider, summarized Bound for Glory by writing that Impact has their chance to make a statement, but instead does the same old thing. And we <laughs> called this a completely bullshit finish. <laughs> <laughs> so now, apparently they, they didn't like the show as much as you did. Right, right. So um, he did say it was really, really good uh, to have Drake in the main event. But the same overbooked ending that we've seen a ton of Impact main events dating back to a decade plus. Uh, despite those 
who were blamed for their decisions in the past, Vince Russo, Jeff Jarrett, and Dixie Carter, having left the company. Of course, brand new market, diehard paying customers for Impact's biggest show of the year, complete garbage. So uh, it, is, it is interesting to note that the main event featured a guy who got fired from the WWE developmental, accompanied mm-hmm. by a guy that got fired from the WWE, taking on a guy who got fired from the WWE with interference from a guy who got fired by the WWE. Uh, yes. With commentary on done by a guy who got fired from the WWE. That is true. Um, actually, if you if you look at this, uh, the first event, or the first match, featured a guy who was fired from WWE. The second match featured a guy who was not signed by WWE. Uh, the third match, uh, I don't believe Abyss or Grado ever wrestled for WWE, so at least there's that one. Uh, but the fourth one, of course, dude who got fired from WWE... Fifth one, Duda got fired from WCW, which WWE now owns. So, uh, and then of course the sixth match, Chick that got fired from WWE. Seventh match, Duda got fired from WWE. But, but we we digress. We digress. Uh, so so only, on on a star rating, you know, one to one to six. I know it wasn't in the Tokyo Dome, so we're going to limit it to one to five. What would okay. you give Bound for Glory, Troy? Uh, I gave it a three. Okay. <laughs> so very good, very good. Yes. Um, so with that, <laughs> with that, with that excellent review, I think it's time. Uh, sadly, there was only eight matches, and I feel like if they added two more, we would have the perfect ten. A ten, a ten, a fucking ten. We start off the perfect ten with some sad news, as WWE has come to terms with the release of Dolph Ziggler. No, no, that, that no, no. <laughs> what? That's I, I know you put that in there last week on, on spec. <laughs> But uh, no, that hasn't actually happened yet. That's oh, we're still hmm. waiting on that one. Um, okay, okay. Well, let me let me come back to it because there's still time before the end of our show for that to happen. Yeah, we should probably uh, take that off the perfect ten until it actually happens. Cause... Okay, all right, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll just leave it on there every week. What, whatever works. Uh, anyways, so um, I completely forgot that Raw was not in America this week. But uh, don't I, worry, I that's MAGA. Yes, that's right. Um, but don't worry, because WWE reminded everybody when they turned around and spoiled the title change that happened on Raw. And how, might you say, did they spoil it? Well, when your headline... Well, I'm says, sure it just it leaked out to some of the dirt sheets, so people just, you know, if they went to the dirt sheets, they would have seen it. But I'm sure that's how that happened, right? That That's true, but... But those dirt sheets were actually referencing a article on WWE.com. And that article on WB.com says new champions crowned at Raw. Champions. Well, I mean, at least it says that, and they didn't send out a blast, you know, notification from their WWE app on people's mobile devices. Oh no, they totally did that. Oh, yeah, that was something that they did. Yeah, oh, and wow. and it said those exact words, meaning, of course, that the Raw Tag Team Championships changed hands. Well, that's not a good business. Not. Not in the slightest. Well, actually, um, honestly, and all joking aside, there are two ways you could look at this situation. One, you can say, yes, they spoiled their own title change. Um, the other side of the coin is you can say maybe that knowing that you're going to see that and seeing how it happened brought, drives eyes to the, to the show that maybe wouldn't have been there in the first place. Yeah, except for the fact that the ratings were stagnant this week. So they didn't go down. That's true. That's true. But again, this is what happens when you hire Tony Schiavone to run your Twitter, your your WWE app. 
Uh, but yes, we did have a raw title change in the UK as the bar. Two dudes not from the U.S. defeated two dudes who are from the U.S. Uh, in order, because it's SummerSlam and fuck all your storylines, in uh, order... Sur- Survivor Series. Yes, Survivor Series. I'm already drunk. <laughs> because of the fact that it's a Survivor Series series, fuck your storylines, we need to have another team go against the Usos, and we need to have the Shield do something else. So, fuck your title, title reign. Let's put it back on the bar. Sheamus and Cesaro will now face the winner of the Usos and Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas on SmackDown. But more on that to come. We got now in a uh, a match that I thought was okay. Um, and we got an, an interference from the New Day, but not a physical interference from the New Day. So what, what do you feel first about WWE spoiling their own title change and second about the match that took place? Well, like I said, I think there are two schools of thought, and depending on where you come down on the the idea of the spoiling of the title of the title change, you can go either way with it. I, I didn't really have a problem with it, but I'm typically a spoilers guy, as you know. I check the sheets and see what's going on. So I would have known anyway. It didn't bother me that much. And some asshole decided to post it right in the middle of our host thread anyway. So even if I didn't go to the dirt sheets, I would have been notified about it. Uh, so, you know. It's just part of the uh, the joys of being in the rundown host thread. Yeah. Uh, well, thankfully, thankfully, you and Paige have something in common because you guys both always check the sheets afterwards. That's true. But more on that in, in a little bit. Uh, uh, so, no, yeah, so it, it, what did you think of the, think of the match itself? The match itself I liked. I, I like every time these two teams are in the ring together. They have amazing chemistry in there. I thought everything was good. Um, one thing, just from a commentary perspective, uh, Cesaro and Sheamus came out wearing... The jerseys of, oh God, it wasn't not, they were in Manchester and they came out wearing the jerseys of, um, God, I don't know. Seattle Sounders? No, no, it was another soccer team. I forget which one it was. Chicago Um, Bulls. Yeah, we'll go with that. Um, But in any event, like it got great heat that they were wearing those and that was a great reveal under their outfits. Uh, Mm -hmm. But the commentators didn't mention it at all or put over why they were wearing those. Um. So it just kind of fell flat. Like when you do something like that, the commentary has to put it over. Otherwise, the home viewer who doesn't understand why the crowd's booing the shit out of them may not understand it. That's true because nobody watches soccer in the U.S. It's true, uh, except once every four years when they do the World Cup and everyone tries to convince me that I'm an idiot for not being a soccer fan. And yeah. then they subsequently never watch soccer again until the next World Cup. Um, that is true. I, I have an issue um, – with the fact that a, a match can take 60 minutes to maybe 90 minutes. I don't know. I never know when the fucking match ends. And even the commentators don't seem to know because they're like, my gosh, it seems that 30 minutes have been added on to the end of this match that is currently at a 0-0 all. Yeah, yeah. There's, it just ends whenever they decide they want to yeah. end it. They're um, like, oh, somebody scored. All right, uh, it's, it's over. It's over. It's over. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm very sorry, folks. But it appears as though Barry just got a text from his wife saying that she's very randy and fancies a poke from him. So <laughs> we're going to go ahead and close this one down for the evening as Manchester United wins at a score of one to nothing after three hours and 47 minutes. Good day. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I, I, in my mind, that's exactly how that works. And yeah, that's pretty much how it works. That's, that's great. Um 
Well, and occasionally somebody, you know, suffers a life-threatening injury, has to be carried over to the side, and then they spray some shit on them and they hop up like everything's fine, you know. Well, that's universal health care. Like, the NBA players think they flop too much, and that should tell you something. Um, that's true. That's but true. anyway, yeah, all, back to the back to the bar, which I think really should be the name for Seth Rollins' penis. But in any event... <laughs> um, that is true. It does kind of just poke out front there. Yeah. But... Uh, yeah, I thought the match was great. I liked the finish. I thought it was a creative way to do it. Uh, I think everybody sort of lost track of the fact the match was still going on, so there was some surprise when they did it, unless you have the WWE app. Um, it was True. Just, <laughs> but for the live crowd, it was probably a bit of a shock, and I thought it was nice, nice little move. And we had talked about in the past how the, uh, the way Survivor Series had shaped up, it was sort of face-on-face, and I was all heel-on-heel, basically. Uh, so they took the one match where that wasn't the case and changed it, so it would be heel on heel as well. And then we saw SmackDown, and I have no fucking clue if the Usos are heels anymore, but we'll get to that later. We'll get to that in a little bit, and uh, we'll get to the fact that I'm pretty sure that somebody in creative uh, brought up the Wikipedia and was like, oh, God, wait, what have we done? Oh, we need to change this instantly. Uh, but before we get into more changes... Uh, let's continue to make fun of British people because Pete Dunne brought the UK division to the Zoe show as Enzo Amore invited the entire UK division, which currently does not have a home because WWE can't seem to put together enough uh, shows in the UK and doesn't know what the fuck to do with their people, but figured since we're paying them, we might as well have them come on to the show to our show that nobody watches. And they came onto 205 Live and were immediately made to look like complete fucking tossers. <laughs> they were told to piss off. Um, Keep yeah. it up. It's, it's, it gets funnier every time. That's my favorite British insult. Just piss off. That's my piss off. That's the absolute best. Um, but anyway, yeah. The first off, the Pete Dunne thing should have been really fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Um, problem is, they uh, they played Pete Dunne's music put his his Tron up with his name on it. Then Kurt Angle comes out Mm -hmm. and does this big grand reveal for Pete Dunne. I think when you have that fuck up, you got to just let it go and send Pete Dunne out there. Because you made Kurt Angle look like an asshat. You made your production staff look like an asshat. You could have very easily covered for them. Kurt coming out really didn't lend anything to the segment. So... All you did was make everyone look like fucking morons for the sake of sticking to the script. Well, you got to remember, this was live TV, man. Anything can happen on live TV. There's no possible way that they could have edited that out and just had Pete Dunne completely just walk out there. Uh, because this was, of course, like I said, completely live. <laughs> yeah, no, not so much in the United States. But uh, as far as the 205 Live segment... Um, you brought out the whole two of the whole UK roster, Sans, Trent Seven, Sans, Wolfgang, Sans, anybody that we've done anything with. Uh, you did bring out Jordan Devlin, who is trained by Finn Balor, and I'm pretty sure is his illegitimate child because they look very remarkably similar. No, no, uh, Becky Lynch got rid of that. <laughs> you uh, you called out. Uh, Mark Andrews and basically called him fat and sent him to not respond and do anything. Uh, you had one fucking guy you didn't even let talk, which was nice, nice touch for that guy. 
Um, and I'm forgetting some of the names, and I apologize for that. But uh, you did have Tyler Bate, who was like a god over there. I mean, he got a ridiculous pop. You had him be the one to go after Enzo, and he, he knocked Enzo on his ass to a huge reaction. And then you follow that up by sending him out and having him lose clean to Enzo. And I understand that Enzo had just lost to Pete Dunne the night before. But the fuck can you do with Tyler Bate at this point? You've just sent out the guy whose gimmick is he's not a good wrestler. Mm -hmm. And you had him beat Tyler Bate. Yes. And you tell me who's had a better match in the WWE this year than Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne. Um, if I was Kyrie Hojo, I would just quit now because Ooh. every single person, sorry, uh, Kyrie Sane. Oh, yes. Uh, because every single person that has won a tournament at WWE in the past, let's call it 10 years, uh, has had fucking nothing done with them and been made to make a love to do Joe. No, I mean, uh, PJ, PJ Twerkins. You're going to tell me that PJ Twerkins is good? Charlotte won a tournament. What is she doing? Roman Reigns won a tournament. Wow. All right. So a a, a network special tournament. Oh, well, now you're just just qualifying. I could put whatever qualifiers on it at once because PJ Twerkins has been made to look a complete joke. Now Trent Seven. Before that... We had Trent Seven uh, didn't win shit. It was Tyler Bate. Sorry, Tyler Bate again. Drunk. Master Master. Uh, Master Bate. Yep. So Master Bate made to look like a complete jobber against the guy who his whose offense was literally I get thrown into people, uh, then I take and cast for my finisher. And sometimes he got thrown into ropes instead of people. That's true. Before, <laughs> yes, that's true. Uh, he still hasn't got that rematch against that rope, though. Uh, before that, we had Neville winning the King of the Ring, and we saw, well, that, oh, no, not Neville, no, sorry. Uh, Wade Barrett. Wade Barrett won King of the Ring, and then he's released now. So, yeah, not not a great track record in to, terms of to people. To be fair, Emma and Summer Rae never won a tournament, and they got released, too, so. Yeah, well, I mean... I'm sure somewhere there was a tournament that they won. Probably like a beer pong tournament. Seth won a tournament. Uh, okay, well, we're not going far. That, that That's NXT. That doesn't count. NXT actually knows how to use people. So I mean, if only there was a place I could hear all about Seth Rollins winning the NXT championship tournament. Well, huh. there is. There's just nothing after that. <laughs> I'm getting there, man. All right, that shit's hard to do, okay? I was giving you an opening for a cheap plug. Of course, I am referring to NXT Revisited, available here on the Rundown feed, hosted by Troy himself. Yeah, try to find it. It's there somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) It's buried in there. It is coming back eventually. I I am working working out some of the kinks, um, working on some new kinks, uh, trying to get back onto a a semi-normal recording schedule, of course, um, yesterday, uh, me and Adam re- recorded. Here's a plug: a the, the very first patron-only episode. So you, become you a patron. You and Adam did, today. huh? You, I, I meant to say me, you, and Adam. <laughs> Jason, myself, and Adam recorded yeah. the very first patron-only episode of the Rundown Wrestling Podcast, entitled "Needs More Mark Henry." 
you can go over to patreon.com slash rundown. Hold on. Where is it? <laughs> and this, of course, was Adam's triumphant return. Rundown Wrestling, yes. To the yes. rundown. Yes, patreon.com slash patreon.com slash rundown wrestling for Adam's triumphant return and Jason. Uh, Don't spoil two, it. Don't spoil it. I, I almost did. As the two of them went head-to-head for the crown, the championship of the rundown, the trivia champion, as we downloaded a terrible off-brand trivia game, and we played it. But the only way you can hear it is if you go to patreon.com slash rundownwrestling, sign up to be a rundowner, five bucks a month. That's all it is. Gets you that episode and whatever episode we come up for next month. Be like our one patron that we have, John. John? I think it's John. This is it's it's really hitting it was, me now. It was John. <laughs> yes. He might not after listening to that episode, he might not want to be. <laughs> but yes, John Venrick, our one and only patron, but you can be like him and sign up today and you listen to that episode. It is 40 minutes of brilliance. You will enjoy oh, it. I but I wouldn't go that far. Although I would like to go. point out that Adam makes his triumphant return to the rundown, but only when there's a financial component attached. Troy yeah. and I are here every week doing it for the love of the game. We are. We are. So much so that I got drunk before doing this because I was in a bad mood today. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, uh, we're going to go back. Drunk to Troy episodes are always the best, though. That is true. Ladies and gentlemen, raise your hand. If you are on Team Raw Women, not so fast, Bailey. <laughs> so, in a division that has literally only five people, one of those five people is not going to be on Team Raw. Well, that's not entirely true. There are it, other people. Name them. That, well, Mickey James. Mm, nope, not good enough. She's she's ultimately going to take that spot from Bailey, and Bailey's going to be left off. That's going to be the storyline. No, I think it's actually going to be Paige. No, Paige is going to SmackDown. We don't know that yet. Paige was supposed to show up in the UK. I think it's going to be Dana Brooke. Oh, yeah, that's right. Dana Brooke still exists. Yeah. Well, it's either going to be Dana Brooke, Mickey James, Paige, or who knows at this point. Fucking lot could go over there because fuck brand splits. I think we know it's not going to be Bailey, though. I think we started to tell that story at this point. And to me, if it ultimately leads to a Bailey heel turn where she just finally snaps and loses her shit... It's good in that it's it'll give some freshness to the Bailey character, which I think it needs, but it will also be sort of sad because it will be just another situation where the WWE just had money handed to them and couldn't get out of their own fucking way. But let me ask you something. Would you rather have babyface Bailey or would you rather have heel Bailey dressed as heel Lita? Well, yeah. <laughs> So yeah. there you go. Hashtag they, women's revolution, I guess. Yeah. So if they have Bailey come out with her fucking gorgeous double Ds hanging out of a low-cut top, I am 100% for this. That would be the way to do it, though. Do a complete reversal from the yeah. Bailey character. Turn her into a complete, you know, just bad that is, girl. Right. That is the only way it worked for Lita, because people wanted to cheer her, and they needed to turn her into something different. So they're like, hey, you've got these big fake titties. Why don't we have you have them out? Because you're the last person on the roster who hasn't had them hanging out this entire time on the Attitude Era. So we're going to do that. She did have her thong hanging out the whole time, though. 
Yeah, well, yeah, well, you know. A lot of DNA was spilled over that song, Troy. That is true. That is true. Mine included. Um, as well as that really, really convincing fake fake nude picture of her that was making rounds too. Uh, but yeah, so they are like, we're going to change you that, but we're also going to make you a colossal cunt. <laughs> and and it worked. And, they, and then they're like, okay, we're going to remind everybody that you are in real life also a colossal cunt because you cheated on Matt Hardy with Edge. And we're going to remind everyone that Edge is also a colossal cunt because he cheated on his wife to get with you. And we're going to have him dress like a fucking Ed Hardy wearing douchebag. And it's going to be the greatest thing ever. And it fucking was. Yeah, I, I don't think Edge reaches the level he reached uh, without that storyline, to be honest. I don't think Edge reaches the level he reached without snatching that pussy away from Matt Hardy. That's one way to put it, yes. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if Creative booked it that way, but... They sure did. Uh, they're like, they're like, hey, Edge, Edge, um, look, things are going okay for you, but hey, what would be even better? You know your friend over there, Matt Hardy? You know his wife? You know the person that he really likes? You should go fuck her. <laughs> and he's like, got it, boss. And he did. And look what it did for his career. He's a fucking Hall of Famer now. He can't fucking turn his neck to the side, but he is a Hall of Famer. And meanwhile, something. And meanwhile, Bray Wyatt, who fucked somebody within the company, uh, can't can't get on TV now because they're mad at him about it. That's true, but but she's got a good butt, and you saw that butt. <laughs> and those pictures I sent you, isn't that a consolation prize? Oh yeah, no, it's a hell of a thing. I, if you're going to be stuck at home, you might as well be stuck at home with that. But that's right, that's right. Not all of us can be John Cena and shit on our girlfriends. And be just fine for it. Not all of us can be Seth Rollins and publicly cheat on our girlfriends, fiancés, and be fine with it. With a Nazi. With a Nazi. That's right. <laughs> and it didn't fucking affect him at all. Nope. All right. Nope. Take this Look. title, Seth. Yeah. They're like, you know what, Seth? We saw your vertical penis. It's okay. <laughs> You're sorry, your horizontal penis. It's okay. Because I understand that if that Nazi was going to try to, to fucking run up to you, and jump on top of you and fuck you, it'd be like a fucking doorstop when she tried to hit on that dick. All right? But it's okay. We understand. Some people's dicks just kind of fucking go forward instead of going up. That's okay, because you know what? You're really good at doggy style. But you know what else you're good at? Fucking Nazis. And you know what know what everyone wants to do? Fuck Nazis. And because you're so good at fucking Nazis, publicly having your dick out there, publicly showing that Nazis tits online, you know what we're going to do? We're going to fire that bitch, and we're going to make you our champion. And that poor That's girl's like, no, I, I just wanted to play Yahtzee. I don't know what happened. That's all she wanted to do. That's all she wanted to do. She wanted to play Yahtzee and, with that dick. That's right. And she did. And as far as I know, still doing that. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know his fucking love life. Maybe he's finally finally gone back to Dean. I don't know. Maybe Dean and and Well, they are Renee. fisting on a regular basis now. Yeah, they're fisting. Renee's getting involved in it now, too. She definitely wanted to fist those guys. Yeah, you can I just yet? fucking point out how fucking adorable that was, though? That is. And hey, listen, baby. If you need some fisting, I got two good ones right here. All right? Come on over. Talk to me. You know. I don't care how good they are, for Troy. It's not worth going to Wisconsin for. That is true. That is true. It's very fucking cold here. So cold that I didn't have to take those beers out of the refrigerator. They've been sitting in my my in my pantry right now, still fucking cold. You might want to crank so, the heat up in the house. I might have to. <laughs> Getting back on track here, Team Raw 
decided to upgrade. I don't even remember what we were talking about. We were Too talking about the, the ladies and, and the storyline with Bailey that's coming up because what, oh, they yeah, did, right. what they did on Raw was they had Bailey and Sasha as some sort of a unit that, hey, you know, we both want to be on the team because, you know, I, Bailey apparently was the, the winner from Survivor Series last year because nobody fucking remembers that. Um, I guess it happened. Yeah, it must have. Um, and they're like, oh, well, Alicia's got to pick us for her. Because, yes, Alicia Fox is still the fucking captain of the team because she's still going to be in that match. Uh, yeah, we're going to we're gonna tell you we're putting together the best team, uh, so much so that we're invading other shows and having qualifying matches to see who gets to be on the show, unless you're John Cena. Um, and on the Raw women's side, we're going to not have Bayley or Mickey James. I mean, I'm assuming it's they're not going to put Bailey on that team. But if they do put Bailey on the team, then they're not having Mickey James on that team. Uh, so that we can put Alicia Fox on the team. Tell me again how that's fucking credible. Okay. Hey, um, here's here's the thing. Okay. Last year, Alicia Fox had just as many eliminations as Bailey did. They both had one. So. I'm just saying. She had many more eliminations from cruiserweight penises, though. Well, that is true. Um, I'm sorry. Is Alicia Fox's finishing move called Watch Your Face? I, I don't know. It's the scissors kick or axe kick, as far as I know. Because <laughs> that's what it says here. Oh, yeah. Scissors kick. Watch your face. God damn it. So God what I, I'm getting from her. God, from I that, hate you. From what I'm fuck, getting from that is that Alicia Fox. So is, me? No, Alicia Fox. Oh. Well, what I'm getting from that that description is that Alicia Fox is very much into scissoring. Yes, yes, that's true. Um, also, Charlotte Fair has something called the Queen's Boot. Yeah, that's her big kick. Uh, Jesus Christ. Anyway. So in any event, the story that they're clearly starting to tell is that everybody's getting picked, including Sa- Bailey's best friend, Bailey's the, of course, because Bailey's, you know, on the spectrum, she's going to be the last kid picked for the dodgeball team, um, if she's picked at all. No, she's not going to get picked because what they're going to do is they're going to turn around and be like, you know what? Okay, so we've got five people on our team. We've also, for some reason, got Dana Brooke taken along too. We need a mascot. So what what are we going to do for a mascot? Got it. We need a Bailey bear as our mascot. Sorry, Bailey. Where Can you get us one of those Bailey bears? And that's going to be their mascot. And then she's going to be like, oh, but I wanted to be a part of your team. And I'm going to be like, sorry, Bailey, but you're a virgin who's never been kissed. So we can't have you on our team of dick lovers over here. So um, I'm very sorry, but you're out. And she's going to be like, I'm shit now. And then she's going to turn heel and she's going to cost Team Raw the victory to Team SmackDown at Survivor Series. And they're going to be like, you cost us a match. It doesn't mean anything. And she's going to be like, I don't care. Because I hate you all. Because we are all mean bitches, and that's the the antithesis of the entirety of the fucking women's division. It's just a bunch of people, a bunch of women who hate each other that are catty. Okay, but while we're talking about the women, uh, let me throw this this one out there as well. Um, when Oscar debuted, I was very irritated by it, and somebody on our host thread and somebody who appears on our show periodically uh, told Sean? me I was fucking overreacting. I ask you, now we're talking about this smarky London audience. They're still singing the Bailey, I want you to be my girl gimmick. But the, the, this is the smarky fucking Euro audience. They're into all this shit. Did you hear the reaction Asuka got on Monday? Nope. 
You didn't because nobody did because there was no fucking reaction. They didn't give a fuck that Asuka was there. Look, it's okay because you know what? She'll most likely get in this match and probably get eliminated the first chance they get on her. But it's okay because she's Japanese. So here's what you do. If you want, if you want to try to salvage from the mistake you made with Asuka's debut. He'll turn? No, no. In this match, you have her be down like four to one. Everybody else gets eliminated. It's just Asuka versus like four or five SmackDown women. And she takes them all out to win the match. That you know what? is how you get Asuka it, over at this point. It worked really well for that dude who got released today. Dolph Ziggler. No, it still hasn't been released yet. Oh, no. damn. And but it worked t- really I think well. he took yeah. out all of them. I think he took out three of them. You just said you went her down four to one. Four to one. So he was down three to one. And you know what it did for him? Dick all. But he wasn't even supposed to be in the match. He was Roman Reigns' replacement. Yeah, well, still did dick all. So they they basically gave him the spot that was supposed to be Roman's. And then when Roman came back, they just picked up right where they left off with him. And and Dean was like, oh, okay. Mm, Fuck it. Yeah, whatever. I'm getting Um, paid, right? Okay, cool. Yeah. Speaking of Team Raw, because I don't have a good segment for that, they got their last two members of Team Raw. You're just going right in order tonight, huh? Yeah, well, fuck it. And of course, it's my black son. And they also got a Samoan, but not the one you think. A Samoa Joe joins the team. Because, of course, Samoa Joe yeah. really cares yeah, uh, about Raw yeah, getting that they, win. Uh, they, um, they, they put Finn Balor on there, too. Hmm. Yep, that's yeah, that I, the same time they put Samoa Joe on. I thought I could have sworn that's, that those two guys didn't like each other. Well, this is Survivor Series. They don't. It's about brand supremacy, Troy. Oh, okay. Because Shane of course, Shane McMahon doesn't want Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn on his team because they don't care about brand loyalty. Yeah. So of he course, he would rather Samo- have brand loyal New Day. By the way, what brand were they fighting for last year? Oh, well, see, now you're going to segue into number nine there. But, of course, SmackDown wants the guy who well, is Well, yeah, let's not jump the gun. Let's not yeah. jump the gun. We'll go back to that. Okay. But, All right. All right. So, yeah. So, Samoa Joe, who, of course, has everything to fight for here, and my black son, who gets to team up with his daddy, they get added to Team Raw to take on Team SmackDown. So, of course, when they announced Jason Jordan was going to going to join up with my black or my white dad, the crowd booed him mercilessly. Yes, because of course he's but heel. They booed him horrifically during his match too with with uh, Elias Sampson. Uh, sorry, who? Elias. Sorry, Elias. Yes. There, there okay. is a great if you haven't seen it. There's a great fan reaction video on YouTube. Um, to what the crowds, the actual crowd reaction in the building when they announced Jason Jordan for the match, uh, and it's very funny. So you should definitely go check that out. Um, but allow me to say this: I, one of the things I found most interesting about or entertaining with this whole Samoa Joe thing is that it started with um, a match a between kiss. a match between him and Titus O'Neil, because last week Titus got jumped from behind by Samoa Joe after Joe beat Apollo. And they cut, a, cut to a promo with Titus before the match where Titus said, you know, you jumped me last week, but this week I'm watching. And sure as shit, as Titus is walking out, he gets jumped from behind because, you know, apparently he wasn't watching then. Um, 
and then takes out Titus because they realize nobody wants to see Joe versus Titus. Uh, so then Joe issues a challenge. Finn Balor accepts it. They had what I thought was a really, really good match. One of the better matches on Raw in recent memory. Uh, it was like a double countout, which is fine. I have no issue with that because you can actually keep people strong. You don't have to job them out to 50-year-old dudes. That's true. Uh, who, by the way, wasn't even on the fucking show because, you know, he doesn't have time to travel because he's running for mayor. Um, but in any event, it's um, hard to get it's hard to get a visa when you're from parts unknown. They usually want to know, like, where where you live. And he's like, I'm sorry, I'm from parts unknown. And they're like, I don't think that's an option on the computer. So we're just going to have to parts deny unknown Iowa. Oh, parts. OK, OK, let me just let me get that. Sorry, I'm still not seeing it. Zip code, from, zip code 666. Uh, zip codes are generally longer than that. Um, throw, throw, oh. throw a zero at the end. Okay. One more, maybe. Okay. Throw, um, throw, yeah, throw two in. Okay, okay. 66600. Okay, that's still not coming up. Um, but I also see here that you're actually from Spain. And so you're going to need to contact o- whatever... Yes, you're, yes. You're going to need to contact Spain to get a work visa to go Space, over. Spain, Iowa. Okay, I, I, I don't think that's a thing, but I can look oh, it no, up. No, it, it is. It is. It is. It's. It's. Okay. The thing. It's in Iowa. Okay. Um, six 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 six. Phone, my phone number is five 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 one. Oh. Okay, I, th- I, th- I thought there was going to be another five at the end there. No, that was just um, be fake. Okay, okay, I got you. All right. Well, I'm I'm really sorry, but I have to deny you. And not only that, but you're like really breathing heavily in my face and kind of like flexing your muscles. So I'm going to have to call security, which thankfully is Ken Kennedy, because he needed a job. So we gave him a job as a security officer at the TSA. So he's going to actually escort you out of here. Um, to Iowa. Maybe. Yes, back back to Iowa. I'm I'm very sorry, uh, Mister. Mr. Kane, apparently you don't have a last name. Um, so, oh no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I hear you now. Kane Bearer, that's right, I'm sorry. Because your dad, of course, is Paul Bearer, so your name would be Kane Bearer. Yes, uh, Mr. Bearer, I'm gonna have to ask you to leave out the door. I don't fit through that door. Okay, well, um, not only am I gonna have to ask you to leave, uh, you can, you can duck down, Wait, but I'm also gonna ask you to take all of taller doors in Iowa. Okay, well, I've never been, so I don't know. Uh, but I'm also going to have to ask you to take all of these uh, off-brand T-shirts that you put here that look like Bullet Club shirts that that say Jacobs for Mayor on it. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to take them off of my desk because I don't want them because I'm I'm not a resident of Knox County. I can't actually vote for you. So me neither from Iowa. Okay, well, I'm not not from Iowa either. So even if so, if you're running for mayor for from Iowa too, which I don't think you can do because mayors are normally just for I, cities. I, I, Iowa too is not a place. There's no sequel. It's just Iowa. Okay, okay, I, I understand that. Um, I can't vote for you, so this this is just not going to do anything for me. Um, so you're just going to need to take them back. Just, just take them. Take. I, I, well, you're, not, you're not moving. You're not moving. But I need you to take them off of my desk. Okay. I I, I can't fit them in my carry on okay all right well uh there's a garbage can over there uh you I lost my luggage by the way i look we 
It we had, had, all to my, had all my lighters and sparklers in there. I, yeah, that's exactly why we we didn't lose it. We confiscated it. We explained this to you already, Mister Bear. We we confiscated it because work. you. Okay, okay. Um, there was there was some disturbing photographs from somebody named Katie Vick's funeral in there as well. I wasn't gonna bring it up, but since since you're bringing just, it up, it's, his name is Seth. He's a coworker. It's, okay. It, there's nothing disturbing about it. It's just okay. Okay. He's also from Iowa. So. Okay. Okay. That I believe. Um. Again, not sure. Not sure why you're so obsessed with Iowa, but um, it's still not going to give you work visa. So I'm sorry, but you're going to have to miss miss this event that you're talking about going to, uh, which I assume is like a convention for porno because it's called Raw. So um. You know, we, I'm really we have, sorry. We, we have raw women, but that's it's no. It's just, okay, I I don't need to know about your browsing history. Okay, um, <laughs> this this conversation. Look, I I need to go on lunch. Okay, all right. I'm just I'm just done. And scene. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know how that happened, but okay, that just happened. Okay, so what were we talking about? Uh, it doesn't matter at this point. Okay. All right, so let's hit this one really quickly. Is Sin Cara going to win the U.S. championship? Nope. Okay, that's good. So Sin Cara, of course, if you don't know, uh, the former Hunico. You said quickly. I said nope. We're done. Okay, yeah. Uh, he resigned. He's getting a push. I really don't want to see him as U.S. champion. He also broke his knee, so. Oh, okay. So then, then, then we're fine. Okay. <laughs> um. I guess I'm going to go a little bit out of order here. Now you go uh, out of order? No, I'm going out of order because I, I, I think we need to talk about. I we've feel got like a you're voice. Talking with me now. I am a little bit. We okay. did, we have a voicemail for number eight, so we're going to save that for last, I think. Okay. So I think we're going to go ten, seven, nine, eight. So I have a question for you. Sure. Does James Ellsworth got a smack a bitch? Mark Henry. Yes, of course. So. It appears as though James Ellsworth might be um, joining Ken Kennedy on the unemployment line because in a match, it's been a long time since we've had an intergender match. Uh, I can't even remember the last one we had because everything we've had so far is, is, is mixed tag teams where the women fight the women and the men fight the men because women and men are not equal. So Carmella decided to face, uh, not Carmella, Vicky Lynch wanted to face off against James Ellsworth in a feud that's been going on for, I think, a year at this point, where she's wanted to fight him. And, of course, because WWE knows that every once in a while, you need to have a woman get hit by a man. And normally what they do is they reserve that right for Roman Reigns to completely devastate Stephanie McMahon. But this time they're like, no, fuck it. We're going to have a match between Becky Lynch one of the the best female in-ring workers we have against James Ellsworth, a guy who makes Vince McMahon laugh. And of course, Becky Lynch wound up winning. I shouldn't say of course, because there was there was legitimate concern she was going to lose. Um, and then after the match, Carmella super kicked James Ellsworth in the face um, and then beautifully walked away shaking that ass. So, first of all, what do you think of the match? Second of all, what do you think about Carmella and James Ellsworth apparently on the outs? Uh, I'm going to 
sort of go a little bit off book here, I guess, because I loved this. Um, and I'm usually the one very much opposed to the idea of, of intergender matches. I don't typically like them. Uh, I definitely rolled my eyes when I saw they were doing this. However, they set it up nicely with the promo in the back. I, The promo sort of had the air of, like, this was a long-going thing where James was, like, playing the misogynist, and he really hasn't been. He's been playing submissive to, to Carmella. Um, but it, it served to set up the match, so it was fine. Um, they made great lengths. He wasn't striking her. He was. They were grappling, and they actually had some pretty decent exchanges and allowed Becky to show off what she can do in the ring. Um, he did a great job playing his character. Uh, he gets the crowd upset. He takes off his shirt to show off his pasty body. Um, he, this is a guy who knows his role. He knows what he is, and he executes it to perfection. Um, I thought he did everything great here. I thought they both did. I thought it was a really entertaining segment. Um, as far as them being on the outs, I, I don't know about that because the last time she slapped the shit out of him, he turned into a dog. So mm-hmm. I really hope they're not because I think they're an entertaining group together. And I would feel bad for him if he didn't get to walk behind her anymore. That's true. And you have to wonder what they do with him after that. Um, so obviously we don't know how well, long we said that after is. he broke up with Dean Ambrose too. And then he latched onto Carmella. We all kind of went, Oh my God, what the fuck? And it worked. Mm-hmm. So it did. Yeah. So, um, I'll, I'll give the guy a lot of credit. Um, he turned a, a one-off appearance into, a I think he's been with the company now for almost a year. Uh, so, you know, good on him. And of course, you know, this continues to build up Carmella. Um, it he, also he did much better than Johnny Cockrocket. That's true. <laughs> That is true, but that's what happens when you like big sweaty men. So yeah, so all in all, uh, a, a fine match. I did enjoy the spot, um, which I kind of remember them doing it in the Emma versus Summer Rae match in NXT, but the one where Ellsworth leaps over Becky, Becky leaps over him, and then falls to the to the ground and just mocks him next to her. Yeah, uh, I thought that was kind of kind of interesting. Uh, yeah, like I said, it was it was a good match. And then having Carmella, you know, kind of discipline Ellsworth was nice too. And considering the the level of entertainment the rest of the show had, it was nice to see this. So I'm with you on that. Um, let's go ahead and close out the out the women's segment on this uh, because Charlotte is set to face Natalia, and then she's going to face Alexa Bliss at Survivor Series as the new champion, right? Uh, wouldn't shock me at this point. Certainly wouldn't shock me. Uh, I think again, you look at Alexa and Natalia as another feud with no real heat to it. Nobody really cares about Natalia as champion. Uh, there's nothing there. And Charlotte versus Alexa is a far more compelling match. Uh, it can be a far better match because you have the face versus heel dynamic to it. Um, and it can of course lead to the Carmella cash in on Charlotte. Um, so I, to me, if I'm booking it, I'm booking Charlotte to take that title on Tuesday. Well, not to mention the fact that these two people haven't faced each other on WWE TV. Because who? Alexa and Charlotte. Oh, yes. Because, of course, Alexa was brought up in the brand split, and then they were traded for each other right. during the Superstar Shakeup. So, yeah, this is actually a very fresh matchup that we would have. Yep. And With no I, build by the time they changed the card. but That is true. Well, we got one week. We got one week to build it up. Um, oh no, sorry. That's right. We're, we're not going to have one week. We're going to have like 
maybe 20 minutes after the end of the show right. <laughs> to build it up. Yeah. But, um, you know, fuck it. We're having one week to build up. No, no that's a spoiler. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm far, I would far rather have that than fucking, uh, kitty cat queef chick to go against Alexa Bliss. I would just leave fucking Natalia off, off of the, you know. Well, I would assume because... Natalia would then take Charlotte's spot on Team SmackDown. Oh, yeah, that's true. And then probably job out to Asuka. But I don't think I have much more to say about that. I just hope that, that uh, Charlotte actually wins that title back. We or wins it for the first time. So, And we have that built in as well because Alexa is the first woman to, the first woman to win both titles. So have Charlotte then be the second woman to win both titles and have the two of them face off each other. Yes, you have a much more built in there than Kitty Cat Queef Chick. And five feet of feet of fury facing up each other, where nobody, everyone's just like. By the way, the can f- I just mention again? Why the fuck is Alexa Bliss's mom fighting her? Can I just mention again how adorable it is that they had to make a smaller belt for Alexa because <laughs> she's too tiny for the belt that they had. Well, considering, I mean, look at what look at what they used to do for the Big Show <laughs> for his belts. They finally gave up after a while. They're just like, look, we're not even going to even make them any bigger because this doesn't pay to. We're not going to give you extenders. Look, you can just hold it. All right. But yes, uh, Alexa, you know, if she tried to strap the belt on, it would just fall to the ground. She doesn't have big enough hips to hold it up. So, so yeah, it, it is adorable. So they gave her like one of those little, like the, the $15 belts that they sell to kids. I think it's one of the ones from the action figures, actually. Oh, there you go. There you go. That's even better. So we'll see what happens between the women of Raw and the women of SmackDown Live. But let's go to... One of the dumbest fucking things ever that makes no fucking sense at all. Instead of waiting until next Tuesday, they announced that the last spot on the SmackDown Live men's team would, of course, not be Rusev because he lost to Randy Orton. No, it has to be someone who won a qualifying match. So Yeah, it's got to be someone to the... Yeah, what's yeah, the next so, qualifying match for next week? Um... There's none booked for some reason here. Well, it's got to, maybe it's, uh, let's see, who else could we, who could we give a qualifying? We could give another shot to Rusev, I suppose. Um, yeah, we already saw it. And he maybe Ty Dillinger. It. We could give a shot to Ty Dillinger. He could, he's, he's, I mean, the guy was in the U.S. title match at the last pay-per-view. I mean, we could, we could give him a shot. Yeah, um, maybe, maybe I should put his name next to Dolph Ziggler as the number one there. Um, nope, nope, sorry. Um, we, there's no plans to use him. Uh, look, you know what we really need? We need somebody. Well, you got who, five on five, and you know what that means. Ten? Yes. No, no, it still doesn't work for me. No, no, sorry. Nope. I need I need somebody who has every everything to fight for. So and somebody just, who bleeds SmackDown Blue? Yes, yes, for sure. Um, like brand loyalty all yes, the way? Yes. Somebody who has never appeared on on Raw after the brand split. Somebody that, you know... Somebody who is synonymous with SmackDown Live. Yes. Yes. And that person... Oh, you've got a name already? It's John Cena. Applesauce! This must be your theory, because I I watched SmackDown. They didn't say it on SmackDown. No, no. Um, Actually, the only place you could get it was one Shane McMahon's Twitter feed. The fuck? Why? Why in the fuck would you? What? Well, you see, 
Sheen is. You have a national show that's watched by millions of your fans who are actually going to watch the pay per view. You don't. You wouldn't announce it there. You announce it on. Because who the fuck follows Shane McMahon on Twitter? Well, apparently you should have been following Shane McMahon on Twitter because he fucking breaks news. No, you must. Be, they must have announced on the WWE's Twitter. Nope, 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 not on there. Nope, no. Let me let me check here. www.twitter.com slash WWE. Uh, let me see here what they've got. Um, oh, well, they apparently have a little bit of a spoiler on there. Um, here's no. What's no, the spoiler? Here's, here's a couple of asses. Um, oh, well, what, I, what asses? What spoil? What's the, a spoiled asses oh. or? Yeah, uh, Alexa Bliss and Maurice. They're walking away, and then Maurice goes running. Oh, there's a bunch of Total Diva stuff. Okay. Um, let me let me get past the Total Diva stuff. Uh, Corey, can some... you put your pants back on, please? It's a little unsafe. Uh, no, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. You can't tell me what to do. Uh, there's apparently Naomi breastfeeding a child. Um, let me see. Jeez, there's a lot of Total Diva stuff. Maybe I went to the Total Divas Twitter instead. Oh no, no, there's Adam Cole. Never mind. Um, okay. Uh, so Adam, Adam Cole. All right. Uh, there's Natalia and N- Natalia and well, there's the Authors of Pain and oh, it looks like Mercedes Martinez is going to face off against Ember Moon on NXT next week. Um, so let's keep going here. There's the Street Profits and hmm, interesting. So I'm doesn't sound like there's an announcement there. I'm not. I'm not. Seeing Are we it? sure this is the like legit Shane McMahon Twitter and not just some fan? Like a uh, um, is it verified? It it is verified. Um, oh, there's shit. the iconic girls. Uh, there's no, 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 no. A, I mean Shane McMahon. Is Shane McMahon's Twitter verified? Uh, I guess I would have to to look at Shane McMahon's. Uh, let me let me go ahead and see here. Um, oh wait, I got I got to SmackDown now, so. Okay. Uh, okay. So it looks like there's a bunch of people reacting to John Cena being added to Team SmackDown Live. So does that count uh, as an announcement? Um, there's a there's a Ric Flair thing. Um, there's Rusev again. Uh, okay. So I, I I feel like we skipped a step here because I've got a bunch of things talking about SmackDown. Uh, then directly after those things, I have people reacting to John Cena being added, but I don't seem to have an announcement of John Cena being added to Team SmackDown. All right, well, it's clearly not official, so we should move on. Okay, all right, that's fine. Well, I mean, he, uh, I mean besides, it wouldn't make any sense anyways, because he's not a member of SmackDown Live, so why why would he fight well, he, for SmackDown Live? He, he was, but then he left because he's a free agent, so he could be on any show he wants. So that in a battle for brand supremacy... Somebody who's a free agent and not aligned with either brand would certainly have no fucking, you know, no no dog in the fight. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, he we couldn't have just left him as special guest referee. Well, we had once, to have him do something. Well, once they decided to change the co- oh, sorry, I'm oh, spoiler sorry. again. Spoiler, spoiler. No, we look. We are not WWE. We don't spoil things here. That's right. All right. You wait until it comes. All right. Apparently, they decided to uh, go a different route with the main event in terms of not having a special guest referee, but they had already decided to fly Cena in and use an appearance, and so they got to put him to work. 
I mean, the, you I, know, look, the, all joking aside, it clearly gives a rub to guys like Bobby Roode, Nakamura to be on the team with Cena. Um, so it's fine. Yeah, it, it it's is dumb, it, but it's fine. Let's not forget my hatred for Survivor Series anyways. So it doesn't fucking matter. Nobody remembers who wins these things. Nobody remembers who's in these matches. So okay. I love the old school Survivor Series when it was just kind of cool. You could see guys' teams that you didn't usually see teaming. When yeah. you try to attach these stakes to it artificially, mm-hmm. you know, once a year these guys give a fuck about what show they're on. Yeah. And then you see things like Shane McMahon come out and talk about how, or was it Kurt Angle coming out on Raw talking about how, how much better Raw fans are. Are there really anybody that's a, that's a fan that's like, well, I only watch Raw. Fuck SmackDown. Well, look, they sell those shirts. They sell those, those red and blue shirts. I'm pretty so. sure they only sell them to the, to the locker room so that they can have them when they do run-ins and stuff. No, I think it's on WBShop.com. Yeah, but I don't it's, know it's any... only bought by Vince for draft day. That's true. That's true. Fair enough. Well, that, there's a bunch time. of them in Kane's luggage, but he can't seem to get them through customs. It's it's a hard. I mean, Ken Kennedy does his job well. So, Kennedy, Kennedy, WWE decided to double down on spoiling title changes. Is he Kennedy at the TSA, or is he just Anderson? Uh, he'd probably be Anderson because that's his real last name. Do you think his boss walks in and goes, hello, Mr. Anderson? Maybe. And then he's probably like, I I, I hated that movie. <laughs> Anyways, so WWE decided to double down, sent out another blast to everybody's cell phone, which, of course, somebody in and our... They clearly would have learned their lesson after Monday and, and the backlash they got from that. Um, they also changed their, their headline picture on their Twitter accounts to a guy who's not from Canada holding up the WWE Championship. And WWE sent out a blast to everybody, and of course one of the assholes in our host thread decided to let everybody know what exactly that says in a blast. And that blast said, AJ Styles is your new SmackDown Live WWE Champion. How is that possible? I left SmackDown last week knowing... That Rusev was fighting AJ Styles for the last spot on on SmackDown, on Team SmackDown. Right. And then, again, like I said, somebody went to the Wikipedia because they wanted to update it, and they're like, wait, wait, hold on. Hold on. This event doesn't take place in India, but we're going to have Jinder Mahal face off against Brock Lesnar in our main event. Shit. Um, hey Grace, what's what's the numbers look like for our pre-orders? Three people? Oh, three, three people. Okay. Um, we need to do something here. Um, let's see. Who who did who we, we call have? last time we had a disaster and needed to boost buy rates on a pay-per-view? Oh, that was like a couple weeks ago. Who's that guy yeah. we called? Who? Yeah. Um, Sister Abigail. That's who we called. No, 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 um, no. That's that didn't happen. Oh shit! I, I, I keep getting confused by this. Yeah. Um, it's a very, okay. very confusing, confusing situation. That's true. Um, when you when you get into gender bending, it can. That's true. That's true. Um, got it. My daughter's soccer coach. No, 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 no. But there is there is a, a resemblance. Okay. 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 
Shit. Um, I feel like he used to work for a company that can't figure out what its name is anymore. Oh, you mean that guy who's the greatest professional wrestler on the planet right now? Yeah. Yeah. That guy, that um, guy yeah. Oh, um, Kenny Omega. No, no, no. The other one. Oh, shit. Um, the other one, yeah. Oh, what's his fucking name now? I feel like I feel like we used to have somebody that was a, a decent looking chick that had the same first name, but I can't. Oh, 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 yeah. Um, the crazy one. Yeah, yeah. Who, what was that person's name again? She loved the business. She did. She I mean, it did. Was, it was her life. It was. She grew up, shed tears, busted her mm-hmm. ass, um, mm-hmm. and then she found Dick. Yeah. And Dick, Dick, greater than wrestling. Yep. Stubby, mangled, probably mostly limp Dick. Oh, is AJ Styles? Yes, yeah, that's we, right. Yes. So of course, AJ Styles faced off against the the Maharaja. I feel like we've gotten a lot of mileage out of that bit on this episode. I think we <laughs> we, definitely, we definitely have. We're just we're really trying to like peddling time here. Yeah. So AJ Styles is AJ. Let, let me let me slow it down for you a little bit. 2017, AJ Styles is a two-time WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Mm-hmm. Not a Cruiserweight Champion. Not a Cruiserweight Champion. Not even an Intercontinental Champion. Not an NXT Champion. The WWE Champion joining the likes of such people as Jinder Mahal, Kane, Well, and Jinder Rey Mahal Mysterio. is not a two-time champion. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. Let's 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 take a look here. Hold on a second. Let's bring up Wikipedia again. I should just keep it up the whole time at this point. Actually, do you know uh, how much AJ weighs? Uh, I can check in just a second. Yeah, we haven't done that bit in a while, so. That is true. That is true. Okay, so let's let's go down. How much does that guy weigh? Boom. Yeah. All right. So AJ Styles joins the likes of CM Punk. They share a weight. Alberto Del Rio. Big Show. And Batista as a two-time WWE World Heavyweight Champion. But how big is Batista's dick? Uh, ten inches. Okay. Aaron Allen. Allen Neil Jones. A 40-year-old man who believes that nobody should like gay people. Who weighs 218 pounds, almost, almost to cruiserweight, if he could just cut that hair, is now a two-time... And also a w- flat earther. Yes, he is. He's a two-time WWE champion. He's also the greatest fucking performer on the planet. And you know how I know that, all joking aside? Is he pulled what was a very representative match out of Jinder Mahal. Um, easily Jinder's best performance since winning the title. Um the crowd, great fucking moment. The crowd was totally into it. Uh, Jinder hit the Coloss. They all kind of, uh, they all knew it was the end of the match. AJ kicked out. The place went ape shit. Uh, the, the three count, just the reactions of the crowd. Everything was great. Uh, they, the graphics department, once again, just proving their fucking top notch because they had AJ and Brock graphics ready to go. Um, but I will say this. My, my biggest fear at this point is that AJ's just going to be fucking totally jobbed out to Brock, because how much offense is Brock going to give a guy half his size? There's that. 
There's also the fact that AJ will most likely have this title for um, a month uh, because we go to India again next month. So we'll see how that. But but the same thing is now at this point, Jinder's going to be a giant draw over there, even without the belt, and maybe don't even more so in a that, chasing though. role. They don't seem to understand that at all, though. No. They don't understand that that the the audience over there doesn't care if he has a championship or not. They just care that he's on the card. And you can get the same same fucking thing by just having him in a storyline without actually giving him the title belt. You could have him as the U.S. champion, and people would still cheer for him over there. Because, of course, he was born and raised in Punjab. Nope, nope, nope. Not a thing. Now he was born and raised in Canada. Oh. Yeah. Well, when are they going to tour Canada so he can be champion again? I don't I don't know if that's a thing on TV. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure he'll win the title the next time they go to Iowa. Oh, there you go. Good, good, good. So, yeah, it was it was a good match. Um, kind of sad that Jinder had to instantly go online and say, I didn't drop the title because I had a wellness violation. I didn't drop the title because I'm injured. I just lost. I don't think I've ever seen a champion lose the title belt and have to go to instantly go on the defensive and say, "Oh no, no, I just lost the belt. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't so, lose it because I was hurt." Yeah, so went on went on Instagram immediately after losing and said, "I didn't lose because of a wellness violation," which sort of reminds me of like the guy who cheats on his wife gets home. She's like, "Hi, honey. I wasn't fucking a stripper. I wasn't fucking a stripper. Look, look, there may." There may be some odd red lipstick on my dick. That's not. That's not at all. I did that to that myself. Is, my dick wanted to look pretty. Look, look. Sometimes, sometimes you just want to draw a little circle around it just to to, to emphasize the points. Okay. Look, I I realize I have like a bunch of glitter on my shirt. I was not at a strip club. Okay. First of all, I realize that this wristband on my wrist says, you know, uh, the titty twister. That's just it's just something I like to like to wear. Look, I, I didn't go there tonight, okay? Look, I may have... I, 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 Dean Ambrose has the titty master. I was looking for my own spin on it. Exactly, exactly. Uh, I may have back knee and bulging fucking vascular veins, but I definitely didn't inject anything in my ass. Okay? That's just... That's I just can't the say way the same for pages. Yeah, exactly. I mean... They were down know. in NXT at the same time, so... That is true, they were. She makes was you like wonder. the hand puppet of NXT, apparently. So it does make you wonder how how tough of a job was it for that janitor to go in afterwards and mop that shit up? Because it just had to have been like a river of cum at that point. Like, do you think he just goes in and goes oh, again? Jeez, fuck! I gotta, you know, the last time last time something started growing in my mop bucket. Okay, this is not normal. All right. Jesus Christ. Okay. Anyways, so moving on, it's time for the news. And we're going to kick off the news desk with some sort of pseudo-breaking news, but Sports Illustrated, Pro Wrestling Sheet, and PW Insider are reporting tonight that Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens were sent home from the current WWE European tour last night uh, after SmackDown in Manchester, England. 
SI reports that Vince McMahon approved the decision for, quote, conduct deemed detrimental to the company, end quote. Sources confirmed to SI that Sammy and Owens both have heat for growing into business for themselves during last night's SmackDown, which saw Sammy lose to Kofi in singles action. The SmackDown superstars went against a creative move made for them, according to PW Sheet. They were supposed to feed for the New Day following Sammy's loss, but Kofi did not follow... I'm sorry... In, after his loss to Kofi, but they did not follow directions and left the ring after the match, uh, rather than helping to generate positive fan reactions for the new day uh, by repeatedly charging at them and having and being bested. Uh, after the match on SmackDown, Owens did hit the ring and attack Kofi, but he quickly left with Sammy. The segment ended awkwardly as New Day appeared to be waiting for something else to happen. PW Sheet adds that sources reported to them that both Owens and Sammy have been a bit difficult to work with lately and that they seem unhappy backstage. Um, this seems to be a trend. Um, of course, we know both guys were, were very close with Neville. Um so that I, you wonder if maybe there's some connection there. I, I don't know. I'm just spitballing and throwing some shit against the wall. But there seems to be a lot of people really unhappy in that locker room lately. And a lot of it seems to be NXT call-ups. Shit, I totally forgot to play the sales voicemail. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's there's kind of been this growing trend with uh, with a lot of these younger guys. Um, where the older guys look at them as being a little bit more disrespectful towards the business. Um, and doing something like this is very disrespectful towards the business. And as, as we've seen, causes a lot of fucking problems because <clears throat> it's okay if you are upset about the booking decision, if you go to Vince and you talk to him, if you go to creative and talk to them. But once, once the show goes on the air, you need to just accept it. And to turn around and go against the, the the scripting of the show and making everyone else like scramble, like the announcers had to quickly scramble and kind of because they're they're prepared for it. The new day you could look to were kind of just like, are, are you guys coming? Um, you you could clearly hear Kevin yelling, "Sammy, get over here! Sammy, get over here!" Clearly, kind of telling him like, "We're not doing this," and pulling him back. Uh, it's it's not a good situation at all, and something that will, of course, get you a lot of heat in, in backstage. And also, I'm sure Vince has got to be irate at this shit. Yeah, and, and look, I don't condone what they did. I'm I'm not, uh, you know, I believe you do what the boss tells you to do and, and what you're scripted to do. Mm-hmm. That said, these guys were supposed to be in the hottest angle on the show with Shane McMahon, right? And now they're off the Survivor Series card, not playing second fiddle and just being asked to go out there and basically take a beating for the new day so that they can set up for a match with the shield. Yeah. I can understand the frustration to a point. Right. And I, I don't blame him for that. But like I said, you know, that's where you, you pull Vince aside, you talk to him, you pull creative aside and you talk to him. And if they decide, Hey, it's not in the cards right now, wait until after survivor series, then that's what you got to do. You know, and Sammy's in the middle of one of the better runs of his WWE time right now, too. Yeah, yeah. It's it sucks that they were asked to be put in that position in the first place, as as just being you know feeders for the new day to put them over, which they don't need. Um, but also, yeah, I mean, you know, like like you said, it's it's one of those situations where 
I think everyone is already kind of on high alert for this kind of shit because you have the whole Nia Jax thing. You've got, you know, the the Aaron Neville shit going on, you know. Austin Aries. Austin Aries, who now claims that he didn't ask for his release, that he was fired. Um, yeah, you've, you've got a lot of shit going on. You've obviously got the the re- recent releases as well as so kind Vince, of a sign Vince, of I'd like... like I, I, Vince, I'd, I'd like to, to be given my release so I can go, God damn it, you can't get your release. You're fired. That might be what it was. <laughs> that that legitimately might be what it was. So. That's my guess. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's yeah, it's it's one of those things, and and it sucks because I like both of these guys, and I don't want to see them suddenly turn into Rusev. Um, and yeah, like you said, I mean, you know, this is this is a bad time also for uh, for Sammy because he's just recently kind of getting a little bit more into to things here. So yeah, I I hope that they can kind of work past this and and it doesn't affect them too much well and hopefully that never or at least not anytime soon leads into this next section which i'm calling a quality release this is where i'm going to run down all the people who have been released in the past week or so from impact first then the (sighs) wwe let's start with the list from impact if you followed us last week, if you listened to last week, you already know about Taryn Terrell, Eddie Kingston, Robbie E., Jeff Jarrett, Loki, Reno Scum, and Rockstar Spud, all of whom were released last week. However, since last week, more names have left the company, including referee Earl Hebner, referee Robert King, referee Brian Hebner, Marche Rocket, Rockstar Spud, and MJ Jenkins, who was a female competitor who like, appeared twice. I don't think that's that big of a deal. Uh, also, former TNA King of the Mountain champion Bram announced this week that he is no longer working with Impact. Bram was, of course, first signed to the company in 2014, but has not been used since the March Impact Wrestling tapings earlier this year. It is believed also that James Storm is on his way out as well. Wonder if he'd like to have that, that ditching of NXT back. Uh it's not all about who's leaving Impact, though, as Madison Rain has, in fact, returned to the company. Uh, Impact continued their latest week of tapings on Tuesday in Ottawa's Aberdeen Pavilion. Again, two bathrooms. And the five-time Knockouts champion wrestled on the show. In a triple threat match for a shot at the vacant Knockouts championship, Rain took on Laurel Van Ness and newcomer Tracy Spinelli. No spoilers. Uh, Rain's return to Impact Wrestling is a bit surprising since she took part in a WWE tryout last month at the Performance Center. Meltzer reports that the wrestle, on the Wrestling Observer newsletter that of the 30 attendees at the tryout, which included independent wrestlers, undefeated professional boxers, former NFL players, and collegiate grapplers, Rain was easily the most impressive. It's unclear whether this is a one-time appearance or a full-time return. If it's not a full-time return, it's still possible that she winds up in the WWE since the company has last used her fresh... I'm sorry... Since the, since the company has used for talent fresh off appearing on Impact Wrestling in the past. Uh, Rain apparently left Impact Wrestling in July since her profile on ImpactWrestling.com was removed that month. She was rumored to have been released from her contract as a cost-cutting measure. So, Troy, your thoughts on the departure and the end of the Marche Rocket error? Considering I could never say the guy's fucking name, uh, I don't really care. <laughs> no, that is an intru- that is quite a compelling list of releases, uh, including you know a hall of a TNA Hall of Famer, Impact Hall of Famer, and Earl Hepner, uh, and his son Brian. Oh God, fuck that guy! Look, it's it's difficult when you have a company that you don't always know what their name is to then go into it and not know who you're going to see. 
Um, and, and considering that the taping schedule that these guys do, a lot of these guys are going to be on the next couple of weeks. And then all of a sudden they're going to be gone. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of turnover for a company that already, I think, is getting a really bad, bad rap, a, a deserved one of, obviously, but, uh, I mean, you know, clearly there's an issue when all, all the rats are jumping ship. There's clearly a fucking issue. Yep. And, uh, as you heard, if you caught the top of the show, you heard Troy's review of Bound for Glory. Uh, so, you know, things apparently not looking that far up for the future of the company. I uh, liked it. <laughs> <laughs> not to be outdone, WWE has issued their own round of releases in recent days. Since we last spoke on the rundown, NXT wrestler Sawyer Fulton has been released from his contract in the WWE. He had been with the company since 2012. Leo Gao was released from his WWE contract. After being informed of his release, Gao wrote on Twitter, quote, Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. So should be keep smile. Uh, <laughs> that's what it says. Although, I wasn't sure if you were going to go with a joke on this one. Nope. And you were going to try to start to speak Chinese. Nope. Just, or if you were if you were going to go straight up. But the, I like straight up. I think it's funnier that just, way. Just a direct quote. Uh, yeah. Although he never wrestled a match for NXT, Leo was a favorite at the Performance Center after he was hired following a tryout in China last year. WWE.com even ran an article praising him on their website. Uh, former Tough Enough winner Josh Brettel was released from his comp- from the company at the end of last week, according to PW Insider. Brettel had been given the name Bronson Matthews after winning a contract in 2015, but he never really got started in NXT. He had worked live events. He had worked live events since the summer of 2016 and wasn't even training at the Performance Center after suffering a concussion-related injury. Uh, and you can, if you remember him from Tough enough he was the one that called himself the yeti so in 2018 we can finally say they got rid of the fucking yeti the yeti that's two tony shivani references on this show there you go. uh this is one of those things where i mean you can look at some of the people that they have signed um for like their live events and stuff like that and you really do start to wonder like why are these people still employed um, when they continue, you know, they continue to not be used at all. Uh, like Steve Cutler, why the fuck is he still employed? Kona Reeves, you know. Well, they've uh, they got the a brand now, so they need they need bodies. Yeah, but they've got a ton of bodies, and they don't need uh, they don't need a guy who already had a shit ton of heat for the whole social jobbers thing, which of course we talked about last week. And I guess I, I guess I caused his release because I reminded WWE that he, he was still employed. So, (laughs) but Aaliyah still has a job. True. That is true. Um, and of course there is still a shit ton of these, these Chinese signings that we've never seen, including Zia Lee, Zifeng, Zizang, Wing Zailong. CLE in the cruiser in the uh, May Young Classic. Yeah, um, yeah. There's so still quite it. a there's still quite a few people that they haven't haven't used from that initial kind of tryout and signing and things. And of course, you know their their brand is pretty bloated down there, considering they've got an hour and can't seem to find time half the time for their champion on the show. So, uh, yeah, um, I guess we should expect maybe a, a few more here and there. But it seems like they're getting rid of the people that are kind of injury prone because that was another big thing. Again, was here you've got Josh Breedle, you know, already had kind of heat on him, never really caught on, concussion issues. 
gone. Douchebaggery you, issues. Yeah, douchebaggery issues as well. Um, you've got Sawyer Fulton, a guy who can, kept getting injured, was put into sanity, was a big role, got injured again. Unfortunate timing on it, but at, at some point in time, you have to decide to just cut bait with a guy. I'm, I'm and, just disappointed the team of Sawyer Fulton and Angelo Dawkins never took off. Yeah. Yeah, there's that. Uh, this is the guy. This is a guy who I think is probably going to show up pretty soon on NXT Revisited uh, if I ever start doing that show again. And then we'll not be on for a while, and then we'll pop up again, and then we'll not be on for a while, and then pop up again. So And maybe on Impact? Probably. Probably. I don't know what he'll be named over there, but he'll probably get a good three months out of it and a paycheck. So, so that impact. is Johnny's yeah. brother. So your impact. Uh, so. While we're discussing releases, we do have some updates on the releases of last week. In Summer Ray's case, the Wrestling Observer Newsletter's Dave Meltzer offers some reasons as to why the WWE decided to cut her. Meltzer discussed the release this week on his episode of Wrestling Observer Radio and noted that the, her role in the, the role that the WWE had envisioned for her when she was signed is not one they believe she can make work at this stage in her career. When she joined the WWE in 2011, their long-term plan for her was to be the fair, a fairly major attraction. Not so much as a wrestler, but more as a popular star along the lines of Stacey Keeler or Tori Wilson in the late 2000s. Summer, however, is now 33 years old, and WWE officials don't really see her in the same light anymore since she's older and they don't want to use her as a wrestler. Meltzer basically said the same thing about her in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter when he wrote, The truth is, when it came to her, something nobody will say, and you can say, is that she was brought in to be a superstar because of her looks, and it was the super hot young blonde girl look like Stacey Keebler. But she got older, and when you're super hot, and then they decide you aren't, and every role is based on you being the next Keebler, and it didn't happen, That's this is the end result. Uh, another thing that hurt her standing in WWE was the storyline between Summer Rae, Lana... Rusev and Dolph Ziggler back in 2015. Although Summer didn't really do anything wrong, that storyline was considered to be a major blunder. When that fell when that fell apart, she became Tyler Breeze's manager, but that actually went nowhere either. Uh, following that, they couldn't come up with storylines for Summer, and her injury last year killed any use of her. Following the unexpected release from WWE, Summer Rae made her first official statement this week. Uh, Summer, whose real name is Danielle Monet, posted a long message on her Instagram reflecting on her six-year run with the WWE when she joined the company in late 2011. She said, and I quote, They say you'll never know the true value of a moment until it becomes a memory. Well, that wasn't true in this situation. I knew the value of this moment. I knew the magnitude of the moment. I hear some of you say you didn't become champ. You didn't get the push you deserved. You didn't get a title run. But see, I got my title. I became a WWE diva. In the picture above, my ring debut on WWE TV, I knew the value of that moment. In that moment, I became a diva. I couldn't take a small, very small breath of relief because I did it. For so many years, I dreamt of stepping into that main stage of Monday Night Raw and then getting into that ring with these strong, beautiful, smart, courageous women. I wanted to be one of them. I knew that I could be one of them. I felt it so deep down in my heart. Once it happened, I, of course, set more goals for myself within the company and trained harder to reach them. But the people that flood my comments with these things that I should have gotten... You guys are missing the overall dream that I achieved, that I went to Monday Night Raw as a fan and sat in the crowd and watched the girls and wanted that more than anything I had ever felt in my body ever before. Then I did it. I did it. I've wrestled over in over 15 countries and four continents and made friends and fans all over the world. I've had the opportunity to live out my dreams, and that's because God blessed me with the 
with obtaining my dream through hard work and determination. So please don't fight with one another about me and start boards about justice for Summer Rae. Know that I did it. I am a WWE diva and a WWE superstar, and no one will ever be able to take that away from me. So kudos to Summer Rae for having a great attitude. And a great ace. That's it. And for saying twat on live TV. Yes. Probably her finest work. Yes, that's true. We also received received some clarity on Emma's release this week, speaking of dead ass. Uh, In the latest week of wrestling report on SI from Justin Barrasso, he claims to have some insight on the release of Emma. Barrasso reports that the writing on the wall for Emma's departure has been in place for some time, as she had considerable heat within the company. Much of the heat allegedly came from the writing staff. Barrasso points to Emma complaining on Twitter as an issue, and one has to wonder if the reports of management pulling the plug on the Emmalina gimmick due to perceived lack of investment from the character didn't rub creative the wrong way. The other motive behind the Australian wrestler's release was to send a message to the locker room where Emma is well-respected. Barrasso cites the departures of Jimmy Jacobs and Neville as the, and the supposed issues of Nia Jax with her booking as the reasons why Vince and his team wanted to make it clear to people that they shouldn't step out of line. When it's still, while it's still possible Emma could return somewhere down the line, her exit from the WWE is viewed by some as addition by subtraction. So basically... Do what we fucking tell you. Don't have an opinion or we will fire your ass. So can't wait for Kevin Steen to return to the Indies. <laughs> well, you know what? And here's the thing, though. Well, it's it's a bigger problem for Emma because I don't think there's as much money on the Indies for female wrestlers. There's more no. than there has been in the past, but there's certainly they're not going to go and make a full-time living like Cody and the Bucks do. Um, so it, it's a far more precarious situation for Emma than it is would be for Kevin. If Kevin Owens were released tomorrow, he'd be making a perfectly good living working when and where he wants to. Right, right. Emma, you pretty much have to either sign with Impact and hope that they can cash their checks or become a model, which she can easily do as well. But, right. yeah, if she, if she wants to continue to be a wrestler and, and make a good living off of it, yeah, she's going to have a little bit harder of a time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of women's wrestlers, former WWE Women's Champion Michelle McCool appears interested in returning to the ring for a match against Charlotte Flair. The two had the following Twitter exchange about a possible match, with McCool tweeting that she just finished reading Ric Flair and Charlotte's Second Nature days ago. She's been wanting to post about it, but couldn't find the words to do it justice. An easy read, an inspiring story from both, vulnerability you could feel through the pages, and a story that so many can relate to in one way or another. Y'all, congrats. I loved it. P.S. Charlotte, funny you mentioned me seeing me in makeup. I have that exact story from my first time being on TV, only with your dad. He sat down and chatted with me forever while I probably seemed like a blubbering buffoon. This and then I totally Sh- fucking sucked his dick. This led to Charlotte responding, Thank you, woman. One more match? Question mark. Uh, Michelle said, Just seeing this, I've been dying for someone to ask. Charlotte says, Is this a yes? Michelle says, Waiting impatiently by the phone, for the power of the WWE Universe, hashtag flawless. So, Troy, I ask you, would you have any interest in a Michelle McCool, Charlotte Flair program? No. No. Not at all. Michelle McCool sucked. And she'd have to get a new finishing move. Uh, she was a tremendous athlete, but I think she is remembered in that regard. First off, because she's married to The Undertaker, and nobody's going to say anything bad about her because of that. Um but I also think, 
she was, again, we talk about this with Natalia a lot, she's remembered as being one of the better ones during an age where there weren't a lot of great women wrestlers in the company. That's true. Yeah. Lay Cool was okay, I guess. Yeah. It was a ripoff of the beautiful people, but... You know. Yeah, well, you know. No, WWE doesn't, doesn't do that stuff. No. no, they would never. Everything they do was original. Yeah, they would never do that. Uh, the right. one going around backstage at yesterday's SmackDown Live taping in Manchester, England, was that NXT superstar Hideo Itami will become a member of the 205 Live roster. According to I PW, thought he already was. No, not yet. According to PW Insider, WWE plans on calling him up, quote, very soon. Uh, no, he won the championship belt. No, no, that was Tazawa, different Japanese guy. Oh. Yeah. Um, you know, I have mixed feelings about this one. I like Atami. I think he's a talented performer. He has a, he's definitely has a lack of charisma that hasn't translated to the American audience. Um, that's good. That's been his problem down in NXT. I think that would continue to be his problem. But if you, again, book him correctly, he can be valuable as a cruiserweight. Uh, he was never going to have a run in the main roster in WWE. I think that had become painfully obvious through the years, uh, down in NXT, uh, he's had a, similar to some other people we've talked about. He's had this definite rash of injury problems, but the guy's uh, uber talented. There's no denying that. Maybe he can find his niche in 205 as they sort of attempt seemingly to rebrand the roster with guys who sort of already have some heat behind them. True. And he is a good talent. Um, and at this point, you kind of got to figure out what to do with him because every time you try to use him in NXT, he gets hurt. And so at this point, it's like, let's give him a run on 205 Live. If it doesn't work, well, he'll be, you know, he'll join Dolph Ziggler on the future Endeavor list. There you go. Uh, we touched on this a little bit earlier, uh, but Alberto El Patron, a.k.a. Alberto El Douchebag, uh, believes Paige's return to the WWE may be imminent. The four-time world champion ruled out his own return to the WWE. Yeah, because that would be a They don't want him. Right. They don't want him. Uh, but he sees Paige getting back inside the ring in no time, saying, quote, it's going to happen pretty soon. I cannot give you any more details because I will get her in trouble. They told her to lay low and not talk too much about it. She's probably days away from going back to WWE and doing something in the ring, end quote. Uh, of course, this did fuel speculation about Paige returning at this week's tapings in the UK. Obviously, that did not happen, but her return does certainly seem to be imminent. Um, and I am perfectly okay with the return of Paige as long as it doesn't involve the return of Alberto. Uh, you know, like like I think we were talking about before, we we would both like to see you know her her join one of these two rosters and and inject some new life into them. Yeah, Xavier Woods would like to see her on SmackDown so he can inject some things into her as well. Probably. I would think that that's a pretty good uh, uh, pretty good speculation on there. Um, but, you know, we'll uh, we'll see what happens because, you know, she could be she could do well on either brand. I think Raw probably needs more depth than SmackDown does, but you know, anything to get uh, Natalia out of the main event picture for the women's belt. Very true. Very, very, very true. Uh, a Twitter rivalry between Winnipeg natives Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega has been escalating for weeks, and now we know what it's all been leading up to. In a shocker, Jericho will be wrestling Kenny Omega at the Tokyo Dome for the New Japan Pro Wrestling on January 4th, 2018 at Wrestle Kingdom 12. Omega retained his IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship against the former WWE star Trent Beretta at the Power Struggle show this past weekend. The show, he ended the show by calling out his next challenger. 
It was teased that no one was left to challenge him, but Jericho then appeared in a video. Jericho said that he was the best in the world and the alpha of this business before challenging Omega to the match. See, alpha and Omega, you see what he did there? Um, Get it. The match was uh, quickly accepted by Omega. Jericho hasn't been inside a ring since a July appearance on SmackDown Live and hasn't fought outside the WWE since 1999 for WCW and has sworn up and down that he would never set foot in another ring that it, besides the WWE one. Uh, this has definitely been the biggest, one of the bigger stories of the week in the wrestling community. Uh, I think certainly a lot of anticipation for uh, Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega. I can tell you I have a little bit of reservations uh, seeing a you know near near fifty year old guy in Chris Jericho taking unprotected headshots in New Japan, um, the guy has has admitted that he can't do a lot of the things he used to be able to do. So it's not like him and Omega are going to be able to tear the house down, really. Well, you know, I think there's an element of there's a famous song that says, uh, "I'm not as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was," and this may be that type of situation where. You know, Jericho can't go out and be Chris Jericho, you know, five nights a week touring the country um, or every week on TV. But if he has a few months to gear up for one match at a big show, I think he could probably still still has the potential to steal the show. That's true. Just needs that DDP yoga. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but, you know, Kenny Omega is regarded by many as the best best wrestler on the planet right now and you know if there's mm-hmm. anybody who can pull the best match out left out of chris jericho it would clearly probably be kenny uh this is clearly gonna gonna do wonders for that business and buy rate i imagine there's, there's a ton of buzz right now going on about this um mm-hmm. it's it's definitely gonna do big numbers the original plan was for omega and the kota ibushi match to finally take place but apparently this was bigger and this sort of backburner that one which is fine um but I, I can tell you this. I will probably be watching Wrestle Kingdom to check this out. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. Get it. Not gonna watch anything else on the on the card, but I'll watch that match. Well, the card's loaded. I mean, it's a great card. Yeah. Well, I don't have time. Jay White and Tanahashi should be a great match. Anyway. <laughs> Jesus, you watched Bound for Glory, but you won't watch this? Oh, I'll, I'll totally review this once it comes out. I would I would love that, just to hear you try to pronounce the names, actually. I'm I'm decent at pronouncing Japanese names because I watch a lot of anime, but I'll, I'll try. Well, this isn't, this isn't porn, though. Oh, that's true. That's true. All right, well, that is going to do it for the news desk this week. Now back to... The, what's going on in the independent world in our necks of the woods and our necks of the woods and your necks of the woods because that Everyone's makes sense next we're necking on this week's episode of the rundown that's right speaking of necking the road to rise to honor has begun as bruce city wrestling presents thanksgiving throwdown on friday november 17th at the columbus club in west Dallas. bell time is 7 30 doors open at 6 45 tickets 20 dollars front row general admission to the door, but if you go to brewcitywrestling1.com and use PayPal, you can get $2 off those tickets. There will be a huge announcement regarding the future of Brew City Wrestling. Hopefully they're not shutting down. As well as ballots for the 2018 Hall of Honor will be available. You can join the stars of Brew City Wrestling at the Slurp and Burp Fun Bar after the show. 
already signed, Evil Sierra will take on Blue Phoenix Vanessa Azor. I can see you typing. High Octane Onyx Andretti, Max Holiday, and Russ Jones. The Brew City Saints will take on the Heathens, Tokyo Monster Kahagas, and Hardcore Impact. Is that really related to Johnny Impact? Uh, yes. They're also an intergender tag team match as the Mouth of the Midwest JP and the Midwest Slayer Stacy Shadows take on the Golden Goddess Lina de Oro and a partner of her choosing. We'll also have His Holiness Sean Priest taking on Mr. Swagnificent Jared Jax. More Fandemonium matches announced soon. Go to BruceCityWrestling1.com. Follow them on Twitter at BCW1 and like them on Facebook. Jason. That does remind What's me, of, as a follow-up from last week's show, how was your computer after your visit to BrewCityWrestling.com? Uh, so far, um, decent, we'll call it. <laughs> not not as many not as many viruses as you may have thought. Okay, <laughs> good to know. Uh, Atlantic Pro Wrestling returns to live action at the Boys and Girls Club of Lower Merrimack Valley on November 18th. This is a toy drive. For each unwrapped toy that is donated, you will receive one $5 general admission ticket. The APW heavyweight champion, Champagne Joe Moakley, is going to make his defense of the championship against his longtime rival, the Hampton Beach bad boy, Hunter Ward. We're going to see the long-awaited grudge match between the juggernaut John Poe and Apocalypse. Also appearing at the show, APW New England champion Buddy Romano, the APW Tag Team Champions, the Maine State Posse, the APW Women's Champion Adira with Uncle Eddie. Also returning to APW on that night, the Kingpin Brian Malonis. We'll also have the selfie-made King Vern Vicalo, the unequaled one Todd Sopel, Dynamite Danny Miles, Belmont Vanity Vixen, Skyler Robo the Punjabi Lion, Nico Silva, the Sheikh Abdullah Hassan and the Canadian legend Matt Loudon with Johnny Cena Sr. The First Family, the perfectly fit Dan Terry, Slam Dance Tim Lennox, Uncle Eddie and Susanna. Tickets are $12 at the door. Advanced tickets are $10 online. You can reserve front row tickets for $15. Reserved front row and <coughs> refer, reserved front row now also receives early admission, i.e. the doors open sooner for you. Tickets available at the door and at AtlanticProWrestling.com slash products. Doors open at 6 p.m. with a 6.30 p.m. bell time for APW next Saturday, November 18th. All right, and Milwaukee's only R-rated pro wrestling... uh, Jesus Christ. I just, like, completely... Milwaukee's only R-rated pro wrestling faction, ICW, returns on November 19th to La Pica Bar. I thought it was La Pica Lounge. Apparently now it's the bar. Did they change it? I guess. At the south side of Milwaukee... Doors open at 3.30 p.m., bell time, 4 p.m., all tickets, $15. Hey, See, hey, hey, I, hey, hey, hold on, hold on. Before uh-huh. you do this, can we uh-huh. take a La Pica at the card? Let's take a La Pica at the card. <laughs> it is the ICW World Heavyweight title online. As Jet Joey Avalon takes on the Greek franchise GQ Gionis. I don't know why they put the champion second on that card, but uh, GQ Gionis is the champion. A traditional survivor match will take will take place as Team Last Real Gentleman, the fabled one Aesop Mitchell, No Ma'am members Marman and Jaxman will also have a mystery partner. And they will take on Team Fuck Those Guys. Is that <laughs> as, really the thing? Yes. As Dysfunction, Evil Sierra, Derek St. Holmes, and a mystery partner of their choosing. 
will be in that match. Team, fuck those guys. I like that. Uh, it is our we will have, right? That's right. So we'll have a tag team street fight as His Holiness Sean Priest and Pitstain take on High Class Mo Foley and Vinny Riot. You know who I'm going with. Ah, Pitstain. Shooter Scott Marciano will take on the kid Vinny Scarpone. Never ending Scott Story takes Love on that. Odin Veet. It's, it's my favorite name. Never ending Scott Story? Yes. It is good. Yeah. Uh, Pitbull Zach McGowan will take on drug-free Jack Blackwell. McGuire, isn't it? You, you do that all the time. What do I call him? You say McGowan. I do say McGowan. Zach I don't know, McG- yeah. Z- you're thinking of Zach Gowan. That's I am thinking of Zach Gowan, yeah. Pitbull <laughs> Zach McGuire. He does have both his legs, I believe. I think so, yeah. Just Jacob Hoppin will take on Cato, and Cato's career is on the line. All of that was booked by, of course, the. <laughs> this is the problem. Every time I have to like do a first time through, I'm not. I don't have the flow of it yet. Uh, I thought you said just Jacob Hoppin because we were talking about the one line wrestle. <laughs> there you go. Just Jacob Hoppin. Oh god. Uh, all of that booked by our GM Silas Young, and ICW already has a couple of dates lined up for 2018, but you can go to their website for more details. Jason. Yes. What's going on in UFO Wrestling? Well, once again, UFO Wrestling is back with its annual Thanksgiving Eve event featuring the Turkey Rumble as they present Harvest Havoc 2017 on Wednesday, November 22nd at 7 p.m. from the Tynan Community Center. This is, in fact, a fundraiser for the Tynan Community Center. Uh, We have a main event for the UFO Heavyweight Championship. The Kingpin, Brian Malonis, defends the title against the Dynasty, Bo Douglas. No countouts, no DQs. Evan Six versus Aaron Amadeus versus Tim Lennox. And if you've seen Amadeus and Six in the past, you know this is going to be a brutal and possibly very bloody matchup. Ilya Markopoulos and Christian Casanova going to take on Channing Thomas and Carlos Gabriel. Furio Falcone versus Osiris. The cool people make their first defense of the UFO Tag Team Championships against the team of Picture Perfect, Perfectly Fit Dan Terry, and the selfie-made man Vern Vicalo. Davy Ann takes on Belmont. Benny Jux has an open challenge for a fatal four-way. Adira makes her UFO wrestling debut against Luscious Latasha. Also, the annual Turkey Rumble with the following competitors announced. Channing Thomas, Connor Tice, the Castle Island Assassin, Sully Banger, King Leon VI, Ike, the SOG Ronnie Ribs. More matches will be announced soon. Front row seats are $15 in advance and $20 at the door. General admission is $10 in advance and 15 at the door. You can reserve your tickets safely and securely through the Fens and Family feature on PayPal at paypal.me slash Patrick Dillon. Title it Havoc. Search for UFO Wrestling on Facebook for more info. And while you are searching for more info on Facebook, you may very well find out that That weekend, UFO Wrestling will be back in action on Friday night with our Black Friday event from the Bell Time Center, Bell Time, I'm sorry, Bell Time Club Training Center at 40 Broadway Street, Wakefield, Massachusetts. UFO Wrestling will be back in action. Tickets are $10 general if you purchase a general admission ticket to Harvest Havoc. You can purchase a Black Friday ticket for just $5. So far, we have only announced the main event will feature the selfie-made man, Vern Vicalo, getting his long-awaited title shot against the winner of the main event at Harvest Havoc. Once again, that is Friday, November 24th at the Bell Time Club Center, UFO Wrestling's Black Friday event. And I will be at both events for UFO Wrestling that weekend. I will be, I believe, ring announcing both shows. Excellent. 
DOA Pro Wrestling returns to the Waddles Boys and Girls Club in Portland, Oregon, featuring the return to DOA of Evolve star Darby Allen as he takes on Sergeant Mike Everest, DOA Pure Champion Julian White, and CJ Edwards will face off against Mike Santiago and Schaff? Sheaf? Schaff? Something like that. DOA Grand Champion Ethan HQHD will defend his title against Johnny Paradise. <sighs> DOA. What? Ethan HD versus Johnny. I thought you were going to go there. Oh, so close. So close. <laughs> DOA Tag Team Champions, the Voros Twins, defend their belts against four minutes of heat. The human experiment. Sounds like my Udo. wedding night. Hey! <laughs> the human experiment Udo takes on Dr. Cleaver. Ravenous Randy Myers faces off against the Devil Drexel. Wade Hess faces Eric Wright in a no-rules street fight. HBQ Quiz will face off against Sonico. Go to DOAProWrestling.com for tickets and more information. And Saturday, December 9th, Midwest Entertainment is live from Mount Hope, Kansas. No matches have been announced so far, but the show will feature Honky Tonk Kid, Samoan Predator, Mr. Fitness 2, Midnight Rose, Christian Temple, The Mangler, and many more. Tickets available now at MWEProWrestling.com. And remember, kids three and under are always free. <sighs> Lucky Pro Wrestling is off until 2018, but if you don't care to watch them wrestle, you can take some pictures with them as Lucky Pro Wrestling and West Real Estate have a special Toys for Tots drive on Sunday, December 10, 2017 at the West Real Estate office in Wilmington, Massachusetts. Already, arrest L- already announced, LPW champion, the selfie-made man, Vern Vicalo, Impact Wrestling knockout, Alicia Edwards, LPW uh, uh, hard... Sorry, 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 Alicia. That says Alicia. It's it's Alicia. Alicia. Alicia Edwards. Sorry. I have to get my lisp on. The LPW Hard Knocks champion, Brick Mastone. LPW Women's champion, Adira. Also, Anthony Stone, Isana, Christopher James, and more to be announced soon. With a donation of a new unwrapped toy or $5, fans can get a photo with and an autograph from the appearing stars. All donations will be collected by the Toys for Tots for Massachusetts for the less fortunate this holiday season. We are taking mail orders as well, so please have a check or money order made out to Toys for Tots. Please include a self-addressed stamped envelope with that. And Liberty States Wrestling returns to Peabody on Saturday, December 18th. But of course, there's nothing announced yet for it. So... There will be a no limit, a some limits championship match, though. There will most likely be a some limits championship match, and I have been heard the rumor going around there might be some limits to that match. One or two. So that doesn't <laughs> that does it for this Wednesday, November eighth, two thousand seventeen. Should I be doing Thursdays for this? This comes out on Thursday. I should probably be doing Thursday for these ones. Ah, doesn't matter. That does it for this Wednesday, November 8th, 2017. It has been far too long since I told former Rundown co-host Josh that he should go kill himself. So, Josh, <laughs> go kill yourself. I don't even know Josh, well, so I can't weigh in on that. Uh, well, he's got plenty of weight to go around, so maybe we'll just ask him next week. But, of course, he doesn't listen because he is scared of how much better I am than he is at the show. Because he is, of course, the only co-host who has ever been asked to leave the show by the fans of the show. Follow us on Twitter <laughs> at Rundown Podcast. <laughs> Go to Facebook.com slash Rundown Wrestling and like us on there. 
Email the show, rundownwrestling at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail like Sal did, and I decided not to play because I'm lazy, at 617-863-6967. That's 61rundown7. Join us on Patreon. Head on over to patreon.com slash rundownwrestling to become a patron. Become a member. Become a rundowner. And $5 a month grants you one patronly episode of The Rundown per month. And there is one already sitting there, hot and ready, waiting for you. Just get on there. And become a patron. Check out my pa- podcast, The Slasher Sanitarium, if you're a fan of horror. Listen to our friends, the Kingpin Brian Malonis and Mike Crockett on the wrestling podcast about nothing with new podcasts every Monday and Thursday. Go to their Facebook page, facebook.com slash the WPAN. Check out our new friend, Justin Michaels, on his new show, Yesterland Waltz, on Tough TV. And subscribe to the Wrestling Rundown, to the Rundown Wrestling Podcast to hear our other shows. Uh, maybe NXT Revisited, <laughs> maybe the Rundown Sit Down. Hey, I had one lined up, but yeah, there was a scheduling problem. We couldn't pull it off this week, but it, it's I got a couple in the in the in the queue, so we'll we'll be coming back with the sit down soon. Maybe Glow Stick. Uh, usually WrestleMania Salvation, and maybe an episode that lasts longer than ten minutes of the Nitromania podcast. Not likely though. I, I, uh, unless he's got a special guest on it, and I don't know. And Troy, just out of curiosity, what are your thoughts on Jimmy Hart? Uh, fuck Jimmy Hart. Okay. That might have to be our new like our, our new outro for the show. Just, just fuck Jimmy Hart. Thanks to all of you for listening. Thanks to Jason for joining me yet again. Thanks, Troy. Pleasure to be here. Uh, I always enjoy doing shows with Drunk Troy. It's always been- yeah, and I still brought by the end, and I'm able to actually halfway decently read this stuff. <laughs> Thanks to Ray Williams for the logo. Thanks to Jason for our brand new awesome theme song. Next week, we bring you Survivor Series previews. And if I could get two people on the show, another return of What a Difference a Year Makes as we look back at Survivor Series from last year and play a little game about it. So we probably won't be able to. We probably won't be able to. Or I'll just try to make you see how much you know about last year's one. Oh. No cheating. Oh. I don't care enough to cheat. That is true. That is true. Join us next week. I, barely, always, I barely put any effort into this show. I'm going to put effort into cheating and trivia, really. That is true. That is true. And as always, fuck Jimmy Hart. See you next Thursday. The Rundown Wrestling Podcast was created and subsequently abandoned by Adam Salzer and is produced and edited by Jason Stewart. This episode was hosted by Troy Mosin and Jason Stewart. We are a member of the Questionable Endeavor Network. Check out all their shows, including the other wrestling shows, the Raw Attitude Podcast and the New Blood Rising Podcast, Horror Podcast, the Slasher Sanitarium, and the Shadowvane Podcast, as well as the rest of their shows, Taco Tuesday, Words of Geekdom, Tone Stars, the Reanimator Podcast, and Nerd CTLR at Questanetwork.com. And tune in next week for an all-new episode of the Rundown Wrestling Podcast.